702 for the curious. Streaming countrywide on the 702 app. It's 16 minutes after 8 o'clock. I'm joined on the line by Ayanda Ali Payne, the new spokesperson for the Ministry of Transport. Ayanda, good evening to you and thank you very much for joining us. And congratulations on your new role. Thank you so much, Aubrey. Good evening to you and to the listeners. Thank you very much for having us. So 60 trucks are said to have uh, been raised to the ground or torched over the last few months. And the story is that there is some some sort of acrimony, some sort of uh, uh, displeasure from people who are South African nationals in that industry, uh, angry at the fact that many people are being employed in that industry who are not South African. Uh, is this a fair assessment of what's going on, Ayanda? Mm-hmm. Aubrey, you know, in its very core or the essence of this dispute, it is a labor matter. So you do have some locals, some South Africans who are complaining about the way in which they're being treated by their um, bosses who are the, the, the truck operators. So you have a situation where they are claiming that uh, foreigners are being preferred over them because of the cheap labor that they do uh, provide um, as opposed to the, you know, the, 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 the more expensive labor that would be provided by the South Africans. Yeah. Uh, of course, the South Africans are then also complaining, saying that um, the way in which their truck uh, bosses are covering this up is by saying that, oh, no, we're looking for scarce skills. And they are coming around and saying, but we have uh, truck drivers in abundance, plenty. What sort of scarce skills are you looking for? Yes. You know, so the, the, the dispute is in its very nature um, uh, one that is labor-related. But as you can imagine, it spills out onto the road, which is how our department then comes through. So anything that will affect motorists or anything that affects the freight industry and is something that directly affects the Minister of Transport. You then have lawlessness that prevails as well where arson is used as a weapon to deal with this labor matter. Trucks are being burned human beings are being attacked as well there. We do know um, a number of people have been injured in this as well. That then is a policing matter. Um, And then you have home affairs coming to the fore. You know, if people are um, are being misused or mistreated or are being abused, because, you know, even if you're a foreigner, if you're working in the country and you're legal, you're supposed to be treated as according to the law. You're not supposed to be given cheap labor, etc. So as you can imagine, it then spoils or builds up and it becomes such a far-reaching ripple effect that affects a number of ministries and departments. But in its core, yes, you're quite right in your assessment. It is a labor issue. So, the, the I think it's Satao. We were supposed to speak to the Secretary-General, Jack Mazibugo, to get their perspective on the matter. But uh, they are suggesting that there is, there is even collusion even between government and a certain organization whose name I don't have with me uh, readily at the moment, uh, that there is a collusion and a concerted effort to sideline South Africans um, and to uh, employ uh, foreign nationals in this sector, uh, I suppose at the expense of South African nationals. How true is this, Ayanda? 
Hmm. Look, I don't want to be drawn into he said, she said, and those kind of allegations. I'm sure Satao has got uh, genuine grievances and concerns that uh, they feel are very legitimate. In our perspective as the Ministry of Transport, we're very concerned about the fact that um, you know schools are about to close. As you can imagine, people mm. from Johannesburg will want to travel to Durban, and those in Durban will come to see relatives in Johannesburg. And we can't have a situation where some of the roads you know, especially the N3, is rendered unusable because yeah. um, people are threatening the safety of others there, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, weekend newspaper reports suggested that there was a warning to motorists to avoid using the highway there. Well, that's simply unacceptable. This is a law-abiding country. As the minister said, it's not a banana republic. There can be no no-go zones, you know. Um, people should be free to travel and move wherever they, they would like to go. And, and that is the position of the minister there. I mean, you'll remember that uh, that uh, multidisciplinary um, or interministerial uh, task team came forward to try and find various solutions to this problem and they put together a disciplinary rapid response team to say we need to be quicker in our turnaround strategy when it comes to this matter. Uh, they called for an end of illegal employment of undocumented migrants and this is very important lest it be confused yes. with xenophobia. We're saying that if you're not documented then the law should kick in there. Uh, if you are documented, then by all means, you know, and uh, correct procedures have been followed. Yes. And then, of course, there was also a call for the implementation of skills development initiatives for the local drivers who are being accused of being unskilled. So if you're saying they're not skilled, let's put together those skills development initiatives for local drivers. Yes. Then also a creation of database of unemployed drivers, because many people have then come forward to say, oh, you didn't tell us that, um, that you're looking for drivers. We're here at home. We're available. So that database will then kick in. And then, of course, a review of the, the permit uh, legislation um, and, and how these uh, truck operators are allowed to still operate and how they're allowed to still um, have their permits if they are contravening the law, you know, and hiring people um, illegally. So so for me, that's, that's quite pressing and that's more important at the moment than the he said, she said, because it, it's quite urgent, as you can imagine, um, the situation. If we are still seeing a continuation of this violence and people are going to be using the highway, then we don't have time for, for name calling or finger pointing or blaming. We need to get to work. And that's exactly what the interministerial uh, team of ministers is trying to do. In fact, I've just been given the name of this uh, so-called illegitimate truck owner association that government mm-hmm. is supposed to be uh, engaging with. It's called the Positive Freight Solution Forum. I hear you, Ayanda, sorry about mm-hmm. uh, the the speculative talk, the he said, he mm-hmm. she said talk, and uh, it doesn't help much if we don't have... But you will agree with me as somebody who's been on this side of the tracks at uh, some mm-hmm. point in your life that uh, we report on a daily basis about political situations that are fueled by he said he she said that are that are that are that are oxidized by that kind of speculation what are you doing about that um in other words sure there there is it is expected that the department will be more expeditious more 
um, mm-hmm. more legalistic in the way that you approach things. But of course, there are uh, there are swings and roundabouts. There are those things that are perhaps not as clearly defined uh, as mm-hmm. we would like that are of a political of a of a softer nature, but have the op- the, the the what's the right word the potential of fueling the kinds of mm-hmm. violence that we've seen. What are you doing about that? You'll remember mm-hmm. that many of the conversations around uh, the issue of xenophobia have been yeah. precisely because maybe we weren't allowing ourselves to talk openly about some of the perceptions, yeah. correct or not, uh, that exist in that space. What are you doing about that, Ayanda? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Look, where there's been transgression or misdemeanor or where there's been improper conduct or relations with anybody, not only that particular service provider or that particular trucking company, then of course the law must take its course. I think also what's very important to highlight is that this task team has not just met once, you know, uh, on the 3rd of June and had a three-day conference and then dispersed and life continues. They will be regrouping in the near future to, to sort of ascertain how far uh, things have gone. You'll know that uh, a lot of these ministers are new in their position, yes. um, including my uh, political principal. Uh, and so they've had to then go uh, back to their particular offices, find out the, the kind of information that is needed, you know, including any contracts that may exist um, that are um, uh, that are you know undesirable. So what has been happening in the meantime is that they've been connecting and contacting um, a number of officials in their departments, familiarizing themselves with how long ago this issue started. It's not a new issue. We know that uh, this issue started um, several months back last year. It was similar. It just happened that it's simmered now and has bubbled over into something that uh, is, is more visible even to the media, but it's definitely not new. So the ministers have had to go back once they had dealt with the immediate threat, had to go back and uh, find out what is the case. And I'm sure they'll also be looking into um, any conduct with that particular um, uh, entity that you were discussing now to see whether or not is it true and if it's, it is true then it must be dealt with as a matter of urgency because this situation is unsustainable it's untenable we cannot continue in this manner we can't have people who are exploiting the genuine concerns of truck drivers look the issue of um, uh, foreign workers being preferred over locals is not also just specific to the sector you can deal with it whether it is restaurants etc and again mm. I don't want to label it as xenophobia because it's not that it's not it's not hating people of a different country it is a labor matter where people are saying that we feel like the law is not um, uh, being applied accordingly in this place. So the minister has echoed calls, of course, for stricter police action, uh, for law enforcement to be doubled along the highway and connecting routes. But it's not just external, also internally in government. If things have been done that ought not to have been done, that may have fueled the situation, if that is the case, I'm sure the minister would agree 100% that it must be dealt with as a matter of urgency. You pointed out that uh, on Friday, schools will be closing, people will will be going mm-hmm. to different parts of the country. Uh, one of the arterial, most important arterial routes is, of course, the uh, N3, and many, many South Africans will be using that particular road. Uh, and it has been under uh, the spotlight, as you've uh, correctly pointed out. What is being done mm-hmm. to make sure that South Africans will be safe on that road? Mm-hmm. Well, as per usual, during that time of year, we do it in Easter, we do it in December, there will be visibility. You will see police officials along the road. You will see traffic officials along the road. Minister Malula has also pledged uh, his support to law enforcement officials. He is calling uh, for the perpetrators of the arson attacks to be brought to book 
swiftly um, as a matter of urgency. And, uh, um, and, and, and he's also called for more visibility. Uh, he's echoed, as again, I said, the calls for stronger police action and for law enforcement to, 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 to be doubled along the highway and connecting routes. Um, I think uh, the Minister of Police, and I don't want to speak on behalf of the Minister of Police, I'd be overstepping my boundaries there, is well aware of the situation. And I've been in contact with his uh, office and his spokesperson, and they're hard at work to make sure that South Africans are safe. Um, I think what we can take pleasure in and rest assured, um, you, you know, knowing is that uh, this is being taken as a matter that is quite urgent, that is quite serious. Um, I think there's consensus across the board, across the board when it comes to the various ministries, that uh, this is something that cannot be allowed to continue and that this is not how we're going to resolve this issue. Uh, the problems are there. The problems are real. Uh, the, 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 the team of ministers is focusing on it. The work is being done. And we're calling for support, even for the operators. Aubrey, you'll know that uh, in the Sunday newspapers, uh, they were saying that if this situation continues as it is or has been, that they may be forced to, to take their trucks off the road. And yeah. you'll know the ripple effect of that. Sure. Um, is, is definitely not something that we want. There yeah. are valuable goods that are being transported, food and a number of other necessities. So the economy will be affected. We ourselves as South Africans will be affected. So we can rest assured knowing that our ministers are well aware of that ripple effect and are doing everything in their power to make sure that they work as a team and not in silos to deal with this and to deal with it decisively. Well, and I, I, I have Chunky here from Dube who runs a trucking company who just wants to quickly weigh in. Chunky, hi. Hi, Hope. Good evening. How are you? Yeah, I'm very well, thanks, Chunky. Your thoughts? Yeah, Aubrey, I, I want to just give a slight background of where I'm coming from. Yeah. I, I, I grew up in a trucking family. My father had trucks. From a very early age, I drove a truck. And, 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 and suddenly, there's a new wave of talk that South Africans are not skilled, you know, yeah. in terms of mechanics, in terms of operations, and in terms of running the fleet of trucks. Yes. The last job I had, I sold trucks for a big, you know, trucking company. And mm. I, I don't only believe that the blacks, they can't run trucking company. Let's go back in the, in, in, in the coal industry. Just only black folks had trucks in the township. There was no white mm. guy. There was no Indian guy. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. And, 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 Tracking game, it has to do with age. Over a period of time, you've got to train new folks coming into the game. But there are new people that come in the country to come and take over the industry. And, and, and the, it's, there's not, it's not true that blacks are lazy. That's not true. The bargaining council, there's a standard of... But, but who's been saying driver. that? Who's, who's been saying that, Chunky? Who's been saying that blacks are lazy and so forth? Who's been saying that? You know, subsequently today, I took my truck to, to the workshop and I bumped a guy who's in Bourbon. And we begin to engage him. He said, you guys, you don't want to work overtime. You don't want to sleep on a truck cab. And that's not true. And we, you know, we, we picked up, I wouldn't say an agenda, but a very... Sure. Up. So, 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 Chunky, I'm, I'm sorry, I, I, I'm, I'm running out of time. So, where you are sitting, Chunky, are you getting the sense that there is some sort of effort, some sort of conspiracy against South African black truck uh, operators? Uh, Aubrey, I need, I need to be very honest. Yeah. Black folks that can run trucking in terms of operations, workshop, you know, fit management. Most certainly, yeah. People should be given opportunity, give the young folks a chance to do that. You get what I'm saying? Uh, uh, but but, but, but oh, hold, hold on, hold on. Uh, 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 two issues. You see, because there's a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a narrative out there that says that there is a real concerted 
conspiracy even involving government to keep South African uh, truck operators out of the mainstream uh, trucking industry, right, Chunky? And then there are those that are speaking like you are saying that, listen, give us an opportunity. Just open up the, the market, as it were, open up the industry, as it, were, as it were, so that we can. Which do you believe you support as a narrative? Uh, Aubrey, you know, I'll, I'll make one simple example. The tanker industry, the capital outlay, it's expensive. Yes. You get what I'm saying? And you'd find there are two kinds of operations. There's tanker, there's, tanker, there's tanker operation, there's a flatbed which you pick up your boxes, you break back loads. Yes. There's a good entrance level, but, but, but in, in, in terms of rates, they're very few in the tide. You get what I'm saying? But most of... Bulk of the business, bulk of the money is in the tanker game. That's where the money is. You know? All right, but 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 so, I'm not hearing you say, Chunky, that the reason why you are not successful is because of the fact that there are foreign drivers that are in the industry. You are simply saying that the industry needs to open up and provide more opportunities for black uh, truck operators. You know, Obra, I want to tell the truth. Operating a truck is not easy. I run my own truck. I drive it. Yeah. You know? And another day, my box packed up in the middle of the road. But with my background, sense of experience, I pull my box, I put my clutch. My truck was on the road. And you have, you've got to be prepared to wait 18, 19 hours a day to make sure that your truck's on the sure. road. You know, you, you can't just delegate in, All a, right. in a coffee shop game. Chunky, I hear you, my brother. I, I need to stop you there, but I, I get a sense of where you're going with this. Ayanda... It appears that it's a conflated issue. It, I'm just based on what yeah. uh, Chunky is saying that uh, there is one the at, at one level there's the conversation about opportunities, particularly for black operators and drivers, right? Mm-hmm. But then there's also the conversation about um, the involvement of non-documented foreign nationals in the industry. They don't sound mm-hmm. to me like they are the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, firstly, let me thank Chanky for giving us a call and just contributing to yeah. this conversation. It's very important to hear from those who are actually uh, in the sector who yeah. may be, uh, you know, just entry-level players or even uh, large uh, operators. It's important. It just helps us as well as we as we go forward. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I don't think there's a conspiracy, uh, Aubrey. I think it's, it's business 101. You know, if you want to maximize profits, you need to make sure that your overheads are kept low. And uh, what better way to do that? that then to get cheap labor. And where do you find that cheap labor? From those who are just grateful to have a job and be able to spend money to their home. And that's a form of exploitation as well. That's not what we want. I mean, when we get our African brothers and sisters uh, coming to South Africa um, to look for better economic opportunities, we need to make sure that they're also looked after and taken care of. And if they are going to get into the trucking industry, they need to do so legitimately with the right documents and paperwork. And they need to be looked after and not abused you yeah. know, and uh, overworked and underpaid. So that's uh, the labor issue there. And I don't want to digress because, as I mentioned, I'm not speaking on behalf of labor, but, but that for me is the core of the problem. And then, it, it, then uh, you know, it spirals out of control when we say, how do you deal with it? But when you have frustrated um, truck drivers who are South African who may feel like chunky, but then take their, um, their sentiments, you know, to, to the extreme yeah. by the way in which they, they try and reach their objectives, you know, by arson, etc. When you have that situation, it then becomes problematic to just deal with the labor, you know. It's then it demands that police yeah. take action. We then call for, for you to be brought to justice and brought to book. So this is, this is such a, a, a huge problem, but it all boils down to just, um, you know, fair yeah. labor practices is sure. what we're calling sure. for. Sure. Um, and, and, and I think that's what it is. 
is that's what it's about. Um, Chucky can go into great detail and speak about the barriers to entry into this market, how expensive trucks are, whether or not the industry needs to be opened up. And those are discussions that the minister is very passionate about. Yeah. Uh, job creation is, is extremely important when it comes to the transport sector. This sector is is the heartbeat of economic development. Indeed. It's the heartbeat of, of uh, social development as well, and it cannot be overlooked. Sure. You know? So as the minister's meeting with various stakeholders and the entities, he is very mindful of the issues that are here and he's open to having those conversations. Sure, sure. I suppose this is also putting a lot of pressure on you as the department to start uh, uh, reviving, I suppose, the rail uh, transport networks. Um, um, you know, that are beleaguered at the moment with all of the issues that uh, um, concern Prasa, Transnet and uh, the malfeasance yeah. and all. I suppose that's going to be a big uh, part of the next drive for your department, yeah? Indeed. The minister has uh, held meetings with uh, officials from Prasa. He has held meetings with other uh, officials from the other entities, the 12 entities in the transport department. And, uh, you know, the issue about rail is that it has so much potential. I mean, it was tipped to be the, the backbone of the uh, public transport system. Um, it has seen dwindling support. We know of the uh, burning of coaches in Cape Town and how that has slashed um, commuters in rail, uh, possibly half, you know, and has led to many injuries. And, and really the issue, the, the situation, they, it seems to be uh, one that is critical, you know, and not even stable, very critical. Um, and the minister is aware of that. And that is why he has taken a decision to, to deal with it by starting first at governance level. Good corporate governance is what he's trying to instill. And there are many people who are in acting positions, not only in the Department of Transport and Prasa as well, in a number of other entities. And that is something that the minister is quite uh, concerned about and they said you know they, they can, it, it's very hard to have accountability it's very hard to take decisive action when people are in acting positions you know um, and so that is something that he has prioritized to say let's get the government structure okay if we have a good governance uh, there then you are able to then start uh, seeing um, people take uh, uh, sort of authority and people also take responsibility over their actions so if you started at that level um, you'll then be able to deal with signaling issues you'll be able to deal with um, issues of overcrowding, issues of train surfing, issues of visible policing um, on the trains, issues of arriving on time, you know, something as simple as that, Aubrey, knowing that if you're catching the 7 o'clock train, it's the 7 o'clock train, you know. Are you, are you, are you, are you optimistic? Do you think that Mr. Fixit is uh, up for the task? Uh, He's ready to take this giant of an issue on? Are, Are you optimistic, Ayanda? I am optimistic, and I'll tell you why, Aubrey. I think for me, first and foremost, staff morale is very important. I've seen the minister interact with the various officials and the, the different uh, um, entities, and I've seen an increase you know, in, 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 in confidence. I've seen sort of the energy levels. I don't know if it has to do with his age being relatively young, you know, in comparison to uh, <laughs> some other ministers, but the level of energy that yes. he just brings into a room, and, 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 and people want to buy into that, and people want to see the change i'll tell you what um, i appreciate i'll tell yeah. you what i appreciate i appreciate the the the, the new hairstyle <laughs> i really do listen ayanda i'm gonna i'm gonna let you go ayanda ali Payne. <laughs>
Operator, yeah. <laughs> tell, tell the minister we wish him all the best. It's a very, very, very daunting task ahead of you guys, and uh, we mm-hmm. really wish you the best. Ayanda Ali Payne, spokesperson Thank for the that. Ministry of Transport. Thank you very much for joining us. Yeah, I'd like to take your thoughts. Let me read you some of the tweets that have come through. Aisha Ranshard says, Aubrey, uh, South Africa has a problem with fake driver licenses. We have unionists who are not prepared to work. It seems it seems easier to burn and loot uh, South African solutions, says Ayanda. Ali Payne. And then uh, somebody by the name of I Speak My Mind or at Unries Ree says, Aubrey, this is nothing. A lot is still coming. Clever politicians, Radio 702 and some clever South Africans labeled us xenophobic when trying to address this issue. Well, Andres, uh, at Andres, if you're xenophobic, you're xenophobic, bro. You know, it, 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 it doesn't matter how much you try to hide behind a legitimate issue. It's like being racist. Even if you even if you have a legitimate issue, if you are racist, you're racist. And if you are xenophobic, you're xenophobic. It doesn't doesn't mean that just because you are making the noises that would sound as though you are fighting for the interest of South African nationals. No, if you <laughs> if you're a xenophobe, you're a xenophobe. Yeah. So, you know, you know, take that where it comes from. Um, but uh, indeed, there are some serious issues that need to be dealt with. And uh, I'm not sure whether a, a knee-jerk emotional approach to the very real issues that we have to deal with in this situation is going to help anybody. The labeling of people, hey, 702 blacks, 